Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Stopping by BB Rose Show. I am your host, Rich Levesque, and today I am joined by today's guest, Tamara Lee. Glad to have you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Very excited. Awesome. And it's just a reminder to all those watching and listening that you're doing the best you can today with what you have to work with. Whether it feels like it or not, you are enough and you matter. Please take extra special care of yourself today and every day. Here on the show, everything's intended to come back to that message because ultimately we're all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard both by ourselves and by the world around us. And the goal for this show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and what it can look like. We'll share stories of how we're navigating that journey, and we'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our own journeys. And that's the thing, there's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works in our own ways and on our own terms. You know, like all things, you know, treat it like a buffet table. You know, take what works and leave the rest. And in whatever way you came about finding this little corner, and however you choose to use it, It's an honor to have you here. Tamara is a tantrica and business strategist for spiritual, heart-centered, ambitious women. In her own words, I built a self-sufficient business from behind the screen during the height of a world crisis and am now creating an epic program that teaches the exact methods to bring your confidence, gifts, and financial desires to life. I am passionate about helping women on stopping the burnout cycle, building confidence and self-worth, removing shame, manifesting money through their gifts, using their gifts to transform lives, 
manifesting a life of pleasure and abundance through exact methods that will activate high tantric frequencies and implement highly effective strategies for a profitable business. Manifesting a highly aligned, dreamy life where your business is your pleasure and abundance. Tamara's website is sensual-mystic.com where you can contact her and book an appointment. Again, thank you for joining us. And, um, you know, let's talk about what a tantrica is. Um, that's not a word that, you know, you hear, you know, regularly. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what that means and how you came about in that direction, if you'd like. Okay, so Tantra is um, a way of living, it's a way of being, it's an aspect of yoga. Um, commonly, people would refer more to Tantra as opposed to Tantrika, which is, Tantrika is more of a practitioner of, um, as opposed okay. to just, you know, the fullness of what it is that you're practicing. So you know, for myself, um, this is a way that I have adopted in my own life. Um, it's taken a long time to move into this kind of canvas exactly. I feel like it allows me to have a lot of different types of expression through uh, all of the different tools that I have encompassed over the years that fall under the umbrella of yoga or meditation or wellness. Um, a lot of mainstream media really gives this direction of Tantra being sexually oriented. And so a lot of people, when they hear Tantra, they automatically think of like the Kama Sutra or they think of, you know, um, this wave of energy uh, surrounding this practice. And that is an element of it, but it isn't what it is. Tantra, you know, to me, um, is the way through. And so there are different schools of practice and different kind of um, ideas as to how to be, you know, one pointed or devoted or disciplined when it comes to yoga. And for many years, I studied more of what would have been kind of designated as a Puritanism path. So it was very much about like abstaining from the senses and uh, not indulging in the senses and overriding the senses and just kind of um, a very, very strict discipline, something that you would see more ascribed to like monks or, you know, nuns, you know, in, in the Catholic church or, or other religious organizations. But it's really kind of uh, more of a practice where you're conditioning yourself for abstinence or conditioning yourself to, you know, just be... Um, really above and beyond and outside the realm of being attached to any uh, sense pleasure, whether that's like enjoyment of food or enjoyment of a, a comfortable bed or <clears throat> enjoyment of, you know, sensual pleasure or anything like this. And so that was the path that I was really, really um, hugging very tight to for quite a few years. And it was after um, a very traumatic uh, ending of a relationship where there was a lot of triggers and a lot of wounds and a lot of things coming up where I found it 
very challenging to sit within, within the container that I had been inside for so long. And so I decided to explore another way of being able to still participate in some of the disciplines that I had really, really come to know as my comfort in life, uh, but without having the association of the routine before. And that's where I really started stepping into Tantra. And so the best way for me to say that I feel it's the way for me, at least at present, is there's so much spiritual shaming and there's so much religious shaming and there's so much um, conditioning in the world to make people feel uh, gross about their humanity and their sensuality and their sexuality and their wants and their desires. And I do believe both paths are beautiful paths, um, but I don't believe that it serves people in the way that it's being brought out in the world at this point in time. I've, I've seen a lot of religious, spiritual uh, people in you know uh, particular roles in spiritual organizations, et cetera, that end up coming to me you know, through whatever means for counsel or just opening up conversation. And I've seen a lot of people just really, really destroyed in terms of their self-worth um, and really hating themselves, even in like, you know, really prestigious positions in their religious organizations, just hating themselves because of their humanity and because of their sexuality and because of their appetite to indulge in simple things like comfort and a bed and, you know, and, and food or, or a relationship. Uh, and there's this kind of, you know, overarching theme that in order to be pure, in order to be holy, in order to be spiritual, in order to be good, you know, or worthy, you have to follow X, Y, Z, and you have to do it perfectly. And if you don't, then, you know, you're not good, you know, or you're shameful or you're all of these things. So I think that I found a lot of that just by association with the Catholic religion, you know, as a child, like it was really a big message, even though I don't remember that being like an impressed message in my household, it was a big message and something that I really internalized. And so I feel that Tantra offers you the opportunity to uh, be present with your senses, to get to know them, but to really drop into them. So instead of just looking at a taste pleasure or looking at a sexual pleasure and, you know, applying, you know, that ravenous lust, instead you can partake in the experience and become present with it. And I feel the more present you are with anything in your life, the less attachment you're going to have to it because it becomes part of your your very moment it becomes part of presence and when you start to walk consciously presently then you know you don't um have the same repetitious thoughts you don't have the rumination that what happens to so many of us over being shamed and guilt-ridden over particular things and so tantra you know 
is a way of being and it greatly applies to my own healing and a lot of what I embody in what I teach. Uh, and then that also extends to, you know, my program and what I'm working on, which I've called Money Tantrica, because there is so much shame around money in our culture as well. And so I'll pass it back over to you. That was a, a wind full, a mouthful. Yeah, that was a lot to dig through. And what was, you know, going through my mind as I was listening to you, uh, thinking of all these different, you know, experiences, you know, from, you know, going from childhood, you know, I'm from, you know, New England. I'm a vet from a very, you know, Catholic, very, you know, Puritan you know, area and, you know, all of these things are true, like the judgments and, you know, and it's trying to, and people don't, can't release and, you know, the repression is real. And for some, it comes out as, you know, self-defeating behaviors and others, it comes out in ways where they, you know, they lash out and, you know, point blank become abusive. It, it comes out somewhere. It always does. And if we were able to learn that so many, and you know, shame is just, it is such a power, like a powerful, awful tool. And, you know, I think a lot of times it's something that, you know, generation to generation, it's, this is what we learned, this is what we know, and we pass it along. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we think we're doing our best for the next generation by passing it along because we don't know any better. And it takes, you know, people, you know, people like yourself to come along and kind of, you know, it's a gift to see it for what it is and to be able to break that glass and it's, you know, you now we talk about, you know, our, you know, freedom this and freedom that. And the thing is, freedom is within. Freedom is like being secure, learning to be secure enough with yourself to be able to explore whichever path you take. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, whether you know you choose to live a conservative way because that's what's right to you, that's perfect just as well as people who want to go and explore, you know, and just try all these different avenues. You know, they're all, you know, but the thing is we should we don't learn that we have the freedom to play and explore and you know try a thing. Okay. This doesn't feel like this is me. Awesome. Let's go somewhere else. Instead, we learn to, you know, we take on what we, you know, what we believe we have to. And, you know, people will, you know, they'll not just in religious terms, like we talk, but, you know, they'll follow, you know, they'll go to college and take the major that, you know, that's going to make their parents happy. Yeah. And then they go and they, you know, you know, they date and they marry the person that's, you know, they may like them, 
they may be attracted to them, but they're not the person that is like their, they're not their person. It's their right now person, but they're like, I'm 26 and this is what I got to do. Yeah. Because, and then it goes on to, you know, you're working for the promotion and the career you hate. And then, you know, maybe by the time you're 70, you get to retire and you get a good year or two. Yeah. It's all backwards. It's, it is. It, and everything that you're touching on is, you know, they're all major pain points that have been uh, a huge focus for me. My brain uh, is forever, you know, like an octopus, just kind of looking for answers for humanity and trying to solve um, what I've boiled down to as shame. That is the number one thing that I do focus on with my clients and self-worth, whether that's money or whether that is uh, embodying one's, you know, sensuality and stepping into a space of healing. Um, it is shame. And what's the antidote to shame? It's self-acceptance. And that is not the curriculum of our present day society uh, at, at all, really. And so, um, you know, it seems like a small percentage of people are, are finding one another online and meandering through this kind of journey. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, society, you know, one of my deep kind of acknowledgements is society is, is casted or shadowed as being very superficial. But when you get to work with tons of thousands of individuals, which has been my, um, you know, one of the gifts in this lifetime for me, people are actually very deep. People are quiet, people are conditioned, people are afraid to share their voice and what it is that, you know, um, keeps them ticking. But ultimately speaking, people in general, I found are very deep and are having a conscious collective experience. And so, you know, it's interesting for me that it doesn't matter what religion, what background you come from, any of these things. I've had a huge affinity for bringing um, language to humanity. And so I've studied aspects of Christianity and Catholicism and Taoism and Buddhism and Hinduism and Judaism and, you know, like just really, really looking for the heart and and the heart is the same you know everywhere the heart is the same everywhere and so when somebody is inspired towards self-realization and a lot of my learning and teaching um came from the self-realization fellowship which is kind of like a church of all religions my guru and so you know yoga is thought of as asanas which is postures you know but it's so much more than that um it's you know, we would say it's like the rod to God. And so for those that believe in God, I like that. yeah, for those that don't, you know, whatever kind of consciousness or collective vastness or higher aspect of self that you believe in, yoga is meditation. So ultimately you're preparing your spine and you do that through movement. You do that through sitting and this contemplation, you know, drives you towards positive action. And we have, you know, we can retrain our brain. So neuroplasticity, right? The more you do something, the more you become conditioned. And so we were all really conditioned to be ashamed. 
ashamed to stray from the family, ashamed to stray from a particular avenue that we were all pushed towards, ashamed to stray from a system that, you know, is programmed to uh, teach uh, people to follow suit with, you know, a particular kind of education and everybody should be lawyers and doctors and, uh, you know, professors. And where does that leave, you know, the other uh, 86% of the population? How is everyone else supposed to feel when these were, you know, kind of like the trademarks and staples in society? So shame is something that you know, what's interesting to me is it's an emotion that we have taught our body to experience because when we were little children, we didn't experience shame. That's very conditioned, but yet it still has a very physiological effect. And so when we can tap into the physical uh, representation of what shame does in the body or what guilt does in the body, you know, and you feel that fieriness, that hot, you know, heat that rushes through the overwhelming, you know, sensations, the squirming, you know, or the bolting sensation to get away from yourself. Um, and we can really learn to sit with that. And that's, you know, a great deal what Tantra does. It's like working with the shadow self, you're facing your demons, you're facing the things that have caused you so much judgment, you know, in the past. And so for yourself or myself or those that are, are watching, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't in society right. nowadays. You know, you're either to this or not enough or to that or not enough. And so really breaks down to taking ownership and being willing to step into a place where you decide that it doesn't matter how many people are gonna judge you? Because people are all conditioned to judge you. You are going to have that Band-Aid and rip it off and start walking that authentic path, whatever that is for you. And you are on that path and, and likely you know your subscribers and followers, um, but it's a terrifying path, you know, it's that, Oh, it can be <laughs> right. Like, cause you're, you're taking a leap of faith and you don't know if anybody's going to be there to catch you because you're, you know, you're stepping into uncharted territory. A lot of the time, you know, that black sheep. Um, and, yep. um, and it's so true. It's just kind of, and what I've found, you know, since I kind of started heading in that direction and um, for me, myself, without going, you know, I'm not going to derail this and go too deep into my own stuff, but I hit a point where in order to continue to survive, physically survive, I had to, you know, to face my own, my own stuff, my own shadow, my own, you know, my own shame and, you know, start making some choices and accept that all right, this path is not only not mine, it is literally killing me. And I need to step off and try and go in these other directions and follow them. Even if it does, it seems like in the eyes of others, it's like, what the hell is he doing? Is he nuts? Yeah. And, but, and yeah, you know, you get a lot of that. And, 
you know, part of it is learning that it's not my, it's not mine to take on. It's what's, you know, being reflected back. It's what's scaring them about them. And I have no control of that. I can't make somebody see things. And what, you know, the weird things I've learned in my own journey are eventually, if you keep going, you're going to find your people. They may yeah. be your people for a time, and then maybe their journey takes them in another direction. And that's okay. But sometimes, but you do, you eventually find, you know, for me, it was online but also i found that there were people that were in my life that i would not have even expected that would pull me over to the side and be like all this stuff you said yeah that that that's that's me i mean i can't you know i don't feel safe going down there but yeah, that's also, I mean, and, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody to jump into a place if they're not ready to go. That That's just abuse. But, you know, and that's the thing that I want to keep imploring. And, you know, I think you bring that same message along is there's more people watching yeah. and being inspired and rooting for you then you're probably ever going to know way more than you'll ever know. And I just got the shivers when you said that um, I had, you know, opportunities to step onto platforms and have audiences and have access to so many souls. And when we share our superpower, which becomes vulnerability, you know, when you've taken that leap of faith and you have that experience of the same experience that I've had in my own way, which is like, you know, you save your soul. You know, you're not just a machine, you know, forcing yourself through the motions, but you step into something that feels alive, you know, yeah. you start living and it's a, it's a raw place. It's a raw place. And every day it's still a raw place and you get more brave and you get more fierce because you know, the impact and the power of living and so you want to keep living and you see, you know, or I had the opportunity over time to start just receiving so much feedback, you know, in my personal inbox. And I would think I had no idea these people, you know, a lot of times you post something and nobody will say anything and it, it's months down the road or years down the road. And, you know, you have people that reach out and say, you know, I, and it happens to me all the time now, just as uh, my consistency, you know, of being vulnerable continuously, uh, you know, I didn't jump off the bridge. You know, I heard your words. I heard your live. I heard you share your story. And it's like, it's incredible, the power of just sharing your own story, because people feel like their problems are so unique. And what people don't realize is our problems are so collective. Our pain is so collective. Our shame is so collective. And you aren't alone in that. You're just absolutely oh. not alone in it. You're, you know, you're, you're likely suffering silently alongside all of your peers and friends and family and have no idea that while you're all putting on the smiley face or, 
you know, hiding away from people that everybody is collectively going through a lot of the same stuff. So that message is so powerful right now. And, um, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, conversation, a huge mission to help people feel more human and more okay with themselves because you're beautiful just as you are, as broken, as messy, as hurting as you are, you still have so much worth. And, you know, it's, yeah. And I'm finding too, it's, you know, that message is so, so important, especially in these days where it literally looks like everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And in a way it is. And, you know, people are in the process of being rocked out of their foundations. And I think you're still at a point now where I tell, you know, I tell people and they look at me funny. It's, you know, this is like a baseball game that goes nine innings. We're only in about the third or fourth inning right now. There's still so many other, you know, factors. I don't know what they are, but I just know that there's so much more. And what's happening is people are, you know, one thing is, you know, we don't learn how to deal with uncertainty. And it brings out, you know, the fear in us. And when we, when that fear takes over and you're seeing it now, it brings out the absolute, brings out our shadows. It brings out our dark sides. You know, I'm seeing things out of people that I'm like, whoa, I had no idea you had that in you. And I, you know, I, myself you know that again that empath thing i'm just kind of like but i also know that as you know frustrating and it's as you know unnerving as it is it's part of what needs to happen and people need to go through these stages Mm -hmm. and you know and you know, and just trying to be, you know, as present and trying to, you know, you know, trying to be a foundation that, you know, people wherever they're at can kind of be like, you know, either if they're just listening to me or, you know, listen to people like yourself or just, you know, or, or reaching out to know that, you know, there's still, you know, there's still voices that, you know, see them and, you know, hear them and, you know, are there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a a really powerful message at this point in time is, you know, this is a world pandemic and whatever viewpoint any individual has on it, collectively we're experiencing a pandemic. You know, this is going down in history. It's a pretty big freaking deal. And you know what? It's a trauma response and everybody deals to trauma differently. And not everybody has the tools and not everybody has the ideal environment and not everybody has the security necessary to work through this with ease. And so just knowing that wherever you are in this, you know, if your days are up and down and, you know, you're joyful and taking advantage and the next day you're on the floor crying because it's overwhelming and, you know, it's freaking you out. 
wherever you are in this, like it's it's completely okay because this is uncharted territory and you know it's overwhelming um for people with the most tools you know including myself it's it's weird it's strange it's bizarre you know and i have um a lot of tools to pull on uh but i'm watching a lot of people struggle and i have a lot of people um you know in my physical life that are leaning on me that are struggling with their mental health to really really great degrees right now it's really destabilizing and you know there's other people that are doing the best that they've done in a really long time because they've had that yeah. and introspection so it's like everything is happening right now and none of us really know unless you know the people around you are going to be very vulnerable and raw exactly what's going on with the next person but you know for me um, I had taken a sabbatical, so I had done massage treatments and holistic health and run multidisciplinary clinics and worked with all of this holistic and yogic and meditative and Tai Chi and all of this for um, the better part of 13 years. And I took a one-year sabbatical and I decided that I was going to step outside of everything that I had done and just go and work and give myself some creative space as a creative to just not be forced to be doing, you know, my own entrepreneurial stuff. I didn't have to, you know, show up in that way. And I wanted to let myself kind of just marinate and see like where I was going to pivot. And the last day at my job, I was praying to the cosmos, like, how can I get out of this tomorrow? Because it was just not resonating with my mm -hmm. soul. And a pandemic was not the answer I was looking for. And obviously I'm not the one that had anything to do with it, but it just aligned with me to sit in a very scary place for a couple of weeks because at that point in time, you know, I was, everybody was like dropping their clothes and garbage bags and silvering and spraying ourselves and everything. Like, uh -huh. was, do you guys remember that? Do you remember like those first couple days? I mean, I wouldn't let my kids touch the part of the car that I was in. I'd like sanitize everything. And I was like, who cares if we ruin everything with alcohol? It's a world pandemic. It doesn't matter. You know? So yeah. It was so intense and I and I remember thinking I don't have enough clothes to leave them in garbage bags outside my house for two weeks at a time while the virus dies. So we were just swept up in this intensity. The whole world is global. Uh, total fear sets in because you have no idea what's going on. Nobody's got toilet paper. So there's oh, yeah, the toilet paper wars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all of this is so ancient already, but it was so real. Like you couldn't even get toilet paper. My dad had to drive like two hours from the city to bring me, to throw me from his car to my church, <laughs> some toilet paper, like just totally bizarre stuff. And then I'm sitting there without income and I'm thinking, what do I do? You know, single mom, I'm sitting here in this house. We still need food. It's a pandemic. And all of a sudden, my livelihood, just like many others, was just wiped. And it's not like I could go back to my other business anyways. I couldn't massage. I couldn't do anything in the third Right. Place. That was all Everything. shut right down. And yeah. I was in the same boat because a lot of what I was doing besides, you know, you know, I'd been doing a lot of, you know, driving. And, you know, that's how I made my money. I went out, you know. I would go out like three or four nights a week and, you know, like 
And then I went out, I tried going out that first weekend because I was just, I would denial mostly. And, you know, nobody, the only people I, were, I was picking up were, you know, people that were sent home from work early that were working in like restaurants and bars and, you know, nobody was out. It was, everything was a ghost town. And then the other thing was I had like, you know, some college kids that were just devastated because, you know, they were being sent home. Their sports seasons were just, you know, cut right off. And just, I remember there was just that collective unease, uncertainty. Nobody knew what was coming. Yeah. And it was kind of, it ended up not really playing like that, but you know, I remember a couple of the kids were asking me, what does this feel like to you? And to me, it was like the closest was maybe, you know, the afternoon of nine 11, where you were just kind of like, you don't have, you don't know up from down and you're just kind of like broadsided. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I kind of realized that, all right, I'm probably making like 10% of what I would, this, this is pointless. And, yeah. you know, I'm coming back to a, you know, to a kid that's a diabetic. I'm like, I don't know what I'm bringing in. I don't know what's going to happen. And then, you know, mm -hmm. kind of in that same boat, like, you know, you're trying to bubble up and, you know, all right, where am I going to figure out? How am I going to pay the car? How are we going to get all this stuff done? And, but I just kind of stopped myself one day. I'm just like, all right, I have no control over any of this. No. Nope. And I just, you know what? What happens, happens. And, and then it kind of ended up, you know, working out. Working Some out. things yeah. fell into place. Um, you know, not only did I make the payment, my car ended up getting paid off. <laughs> and then, the, you know, I was able to, you know, tie up a couple of other, it's like, and things just kind of, you know, really fell into place. And I've been able to really go all in on this project i was able to get this you know show up and running and you know and just kind of really just walking with this and see and just trusting where it goes it feels like this is what you know i keep getting told this is the path <laughs> yeah the path and you know what every time i disagree and i try to make my own path yeah I get a little, <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm so excited to share and embrace this moment. Like we're both very blessed and both very lucky, yes. you know, to be in the positions that we're in is just the honest to God truth, because there's a lot of people that are suffering and struggling and, and, losing businesses, losing their health, losing their life savings, losing lives. You know, the economy in Lebanon is totally shut down. There's the explosion in Beirut. There's yeah, thousands of people displaced. And, and even in the third world countries, you know, um, the starvation rates, like there's all sorts of really, really um, devastating impacts for a lot of people. So I like to take a moment to just kind of send out some prayers and some light to all of you that have been like really negatively impacted by this in harmful ways. Um, there's been harmful situations in terms of like uh, head spaces for my children and stuff like that through this. But um, overall, comparatively speaking to most people, like I've been uh, in a really uh, beautiful and, and 
positive place. Uh, there's lots of people that maintained their jobs, but I wasn't one of them. So to be one of those people that was all of a sudden without work, and then even the government subsidies that came in here in Canada, you know, that CERB benefit, that doesn't even cover my rent. That's, that's right. like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a third or a quarter of what I was making. And so that wasn't going to cut it if I wanted to um, pay my bills and, and do the things and carry on. Now, of course, I had to sit with that same surrender that all of us have had to and just surrender it. Like if I didn't have the money for things, I didn't have the money for things, you know, and that's when I decided and I felt just like you felt this is the path. Um, I had invested already in a handful of different uh, online business schools and mentorship throughout the years. And I had played around a lot on social media. So I had somewhat of a handle and I was able to drum up business and market and advertise and do copywriting and things like that and website stuff for people over the years. So I had tried my thumb at a few things, uh, but I decided to invest um, in like... I, yeah, some incredible mentorship and, and coaching with one of the most awesome business strategists. And awesome. I just, yeah, I decided I was going to go big or go home. And I was going to take a major risk because it was a major risk. You know, I didn't have money and I was investing a lot of money into courses. And I just wanted to freshen up. I wanted to be on fire. I wanted to just kind of take this as far as I possibly could. And I really didn't, uh, you know, I'll make this little point here. Most people after high school start getting responsibilities, you know, so you get a car, you get rent, you have this, yep. you have that. And people don't want to take risks anymore. So people get comfortable because they're afraid that they're going to take away from themselves or take away from people if they stay on that ledge of discomfort. And so I had this in my mind and I'm quite entrepreneurial. So my brain is very risky with things calculated, but I thought this is a world pandemic. We don't know what the heck is going to happen. I was like, what does this money mean anyways? You know, we don't even know at that point in time, like things sounded so scary. We thought everybody might, you know, be wiped off the planet the way that it was sounding at the beginning. Yeah. And so I just, I just did it. And, and within a very short period of time, I guess having the development of all of the different skill sets in the background and playing around, I was able to, you know, um, reinstate like my income that I had been making physically in the world in a very short period of time. So I feel incredibly blessed. And this huge, huge ordeal in the world really lit a fire in me to um, just go all in, you know, and step into this. And I've wanted to step into this for five years, but I was a little too comfortable or a little too scared. And yeah, it, it took that for me. And it's easy to fall into that, you know, trap. Like you start to kind of take a risk. Okay. Um, I, I think I may see a couple of sharks over there and mm -hmm. like jump back and, you know, and now you, I, you know, it's kind of gotten to the point exactly where, you know, 
It's so scary. Oh, absolutely. Because so scary. It's <laughs> still, it's still unknown. It, but it, the whole world is unknown. We'll exactly. never know. Everything always is uncertain. So you hit the nail on the head with that earlier when you talked about uncertainty, because that is the thing that destabilizes people and throws people into panic and fear like nothing else. But when you can just honestly sit with the truth that nothing really was or is as stable as what people think, you know, yeah, it was all it, it was all an illusion. Yep. Look at the world. We don't know what's happening. Like places in Australia right now are getting a second wave and they're in stage four of lockdown again. Stage four, not three. Yeah, they just went right back into lockdown and, you and know. And curfew on top of that. So we don't know. And, and here so in the States, we're probably, you know, it's very possible we could be heading in that same direction. Things are starting to go the wrong way again. Yeah. And we, you know, we thought, oh, this is crazy when we heard about China and Italy and I have family in Italy, like my cousins and stuff. And they were, you know, getting upset with the stuff I was posting on Facebook. They're like, you guys have no idea what's coming. <laughs> we had no idea what was coming. No, we didn't. We had I, no idea. Like I posted something similar right before everything happened. And it was kind of like, you know, the you know, something along the lines of the media crying wolf, which does happen. Yeah. And, you know, so of course, you know, you know, you hear that enough times, you just start thinking that, oh, it's just going to be more of that again. And then somebody from Europe was just like, oh, here, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this. You wait. And then it was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No matter no matter what what your viewpoint is on this pandemic, it has, you know, just pulled the the rug out from all of us. Like we're all equally in the weirdness and the strangeness of of our times, and it's uh yeah, it's it's humbling, and I think it's just such a beautiful opportunity to uh, say to anybody out there like. My heart bleeds for creatives. I've always been a creative, you know, dance, singing, acting, all that stuff, all that jazz, and then add on the spirituality um, and wellness mix. You know, only 16% of the population work from a place of intuition or feeling. So the sensitive, creative, alternative types of souls really suffer a lot trying to make their way in the world. And I think that this container of what's been happening has given a lot of sensitives and creatives a voice that they didn't know that they had because that quiet um, became something very powerful and it allowed people to really align themselves with, with what matters. And it's given people a new ignition within themselves to take a leap of faith in something that is more aligned because people's souls are crying people's souls are needing this and so i love working with creatives and sensitive individuals it's not just spiritual beings it's creative sensitives anybody that just has that kind of little twinkle inside that says i know i want to be doing something else mm -hmm. and you know my mission is to say <laughs> let's let's do it you know because you can Every single person that's watching absolutely can. 
even if that's just, you know, um, stepping into a space where they ask for more money, you know, at work or more respect at the space that they're at or better boundaries with the people in their life. You know, that's all stepping into higher alignment. And that's, that's kind of my mission. Amen. And that's what's needed. Yeah. Now I'm going to start to wind us down and we're going to change gears a little bit. We're gonna, I'm going to ask a few kind of quick, you know, okay. mostly kind of fun questions. All right. Um, if people are familiar with um, Active Studio with James Lipton or Lewis Howe's podcast, we kind of ask these quickies. And I just all, you know, no hard lifting, just the first thing that comes to mind. There's no wrong answers. All okay. right. All right. Okay. If you could jump back in time and experience one event in person, what would it be? One world event? Yep. I'm I'm seeing myself paris parasailing or paragliding. <laughs> Big binoculars. I don't know. That's a weird thing. Flying, first flight. Well, those are good ones. I know with myself, my like mine would be um live aid in London. Oh, okay. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Next one. What's the one thing in your day that if you go without it, it just throws everything off a track? Uh, Resetting my thoughts in the morning, just breathing um, and some movement. My life kind of tanks when I stop dancing. So that's a big part. Amen. So that whole, you know, get up and you know, move around yeah. and yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a drive-through, it could be food. It could be, um, beverage, but, um, a drive-through that even to now, it, even if you don't go for it, it's, you're still kind of like, do I want to? I, uh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I'm slightly limited here as a vegetarian, but I would say uh dairy queen for ice cream dairy queen that's a good one um mine is and you'll appreciate this for you from canada mine we used to have tim's tim hortons down oh, here yeah. for, and that was my favorite and then they all closed and now you're, you're tormenting me with it and <laughs> there's a point last year i was up around um up around buffalo and they had them and like there were points where you know i was traveling i i literally would like buy two and like after the house, just like, oh, this is gold. This is gold. So yeah, like so Tim's would be is mine too. I guess you, I guess I, Tim's Tim's would be mine too. I mean, I go there without thinking about it. So yeah. Excellent. And it's really funny because around here, like everybody's about you know about Duncan, and yeah. you know I do you know I'll go into them from time to time, and I do enjoy them. But if they ever put Tim's up here again, I I, I would probably try. I would cry tears of joy. It would not be pretty. <laughs> Oh, the things we take for granted. Me. Right? Yeah. Um, if you could be adopted by any sitcom family, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't know. The last TV show I watched was Fraser. Does that count? It's a, fa- no. you know, it's a family. There's, you know, your dad, two brothers. That is a family. Oh, I don't even watch, I don't watch <laughs> TV enough, so... I'm gonna yeah. Say, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stick with that. 
Yeah, I would have to go back to because I don't. I watch very little nowadays. Like you know, and I would have to go back to like Happy Days or what right. those. You know, for my answer. Okay. Yeah. What brings joy? Uh, seeing into people, you know, watching people, just observing humanity. You know, people grow. Dancing. What? <laughs> nice. What brings peace? Uh, meditation, hugs, smiles, simple stuff, really. Uh, the ocean and mountains for me are a refuge. Yes. What brings hope? Um, what brings hope? Just daily, you know, working through fear and giving that message to other people. Last question. What's the one thing you would want people to, to think immediately when you walked in the room? You've got this. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sensual dash mystic.com it's going to be in the show notes it's right here on the screen if you're watching on youtube or facebook and it'll be in the show notes if you're picking it up on the podcast uh, you jump on learn about tamra how magical she is um you can even you know book an appointment with her right on site it's been great having you on my friend this is a great conversation. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. You are very yeah, welcome. Um, let me just remind everybody that my website is beaconroad.net and it has my blog. It has um, wellness and emergency health resources. It also has a little shop and currently doing a challenge calling it the shine the beacon challenge and there's going to be more on there on the website and basically you know you post on social media talk about somebody in your life or in your community that does really amazing things that's either helped you or helped your community and post on that and we see it you use the hashtag and we collect them at the end of the month we're going to do a raffle and give away some goodies and from there, we're going to wind it down. Um, thank you all for watching or listening. And, you know, we, you know, money comes and goes and stuff comes and goes. The one thing we have that's limited is time. And the fact that you spent some of that precious resource with us today, it's greatly appreciated. And you know, take care, be safe, and be well. Mm -hmm.